walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, December 17th, 2021. This is episode 26 with Terra Gems. I'm your host, Finn. Find these shows over on terraspaces.org. Joining us today from Terra Gems, we have Dragon Hoff. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Uh, you guys started out as a, a cool little gem style mint, and then uh, it looks like you've gone into like a whole other kind of curation sort of thing. Um, what kind of made you switch from that? Or was that always part of the, the initial plan? Yeah, it started pretty early. So when I started the Mint, uh, I was noticing there wasn't a good central location to just see like what's tomorrow, like what's coming up next. Uh, so I started Gems of Terra while the Mint was still before it had even launched uh, and just started updating it and kind of working on on getting the system together. Uh, I noticed some of the other sites, you know, had the Ethereum collections mixed in with the Stellar collections and uh, just it, it was tough to really parse it down and figure out what's what's actually happening. And uh, yeah, I used to be on the Wax network a lot. I, I started a collection there and I very early on, uh, that's one of the first things that really helped kind of coordinate everything is getting like the calendar together and, you know, what's coming out next week. Uh, it's a little bit more challenging in this space because the timelines change constantly. It's like every every few minutes there's a an update or a change to the release dates or, uh, you know, just uh, really tough to kind of get a grasp on what's coming. Yeah, unless you have like data feeding in and pinging all of the sites that have that data like it's a lot of manual going to all these different places and checking and stuff like i i tried doing it a little bit on terra spaces and it it became just so much of a chore that i just kind of if they come to me and they're like hey we want to be on there then i'll i'll throw them on there but like we're definitely not trying to be a, a calendar of of all that stuff it's so hard to keep up with yeah, like I said, it's definitely it's like a manual enterprise right now. And that's kind of, uh, you know, I've just putting the time in to try to figure out what's out there, you know, checking the tags on Twitter. It's really kind of Twitter based. I've noticed a lot of the um, the mints on Luna. Um, so, yeah, so I, I had a I had first of all, I had a really big like selection of every single collection that was coming. And then I put, you know, at the end of the month, uh, if they didn't have like a date, I just put them all in there and it just really built up. It got very large, and as the dates approached, none of them had solid dates, and some of the ones that did had to delay or move back. So it's really it's a, a kind of a constant process of updating and parsing the data and figuring out when the when the next collections are you know when when something changes. Um, but it's nice to have like a, a central mint button, and I actually use my own site to you know uh, when something's minting, I'll go there and I'll know I got a link to the mint, I've got a link to the rarity checker, and just uh, uh, all the social media links, just to kind of keep it all in one place. I'd be curious too, like you're you're the second individual I've chatted with that mentioned Wax. Uh, the Hellcats guys started out there as well. I wasn't very familiar with it, but uh, it seems to be a pretty solid spot. And I'm curious how long that's been around. And once Terra has been around for that long, at least with their NFT stuff, uh, where we'll actually be? Because it always seems like you, you build a little faster when when other spaces have done what you're trying to do because you don't really have to reinvent the wheel completely. I guess you still do a little bit for the language that it's in, but uh, it'd be I'm curious to see like where we'll be at once we've been around that long. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. So that's kind of, yeah, I definitely started there a long time ago. It's forever in, in the crypto world. It's like last April. Um, but they started out and had a lot of growing pains. And that's kind of why when I see Talos, I'm like, oh, they're going to be fine because I've experienced so many delays and so many issues and so many, you know, crash sites and broken collections that, you know, a few delays on a mint. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like we can all wait a day or two and, and they can get their stuff together. So, yeah. So when I started on Wax, it was pretty early on and they had a, a unique system of no transaction fees. You just staked some wax to the network, and then it gave you like this virtual CPU, and then you, that CPU was used for transactions. Uh, and their first growing pain was it was you know you put in ten wax, and then all of a sudden more people are coming in, and then you need more wax staked, and then 
uh, collection launched and the whole blockchain crashed because there were too many people using it and no one had enough you know wax staked and you know there's so many so many growing pains um, and a ton of projects that are basically that are still in production now that back in April were like oh we have a new project we're gamifying it we're creating it we're you know putting the team together and here buy our collection and we'll have it out soon and it's like almost 2022 and they're still like we're still coming soon. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of, it helps you build patience when you've seen how long it takes for, for other projects, but, but it's really fun. It's, it's kind of more of a, a card game type blockchain where you buy packs. Most stuff is just in, in packs and you are able to kind of, uh, have a percentage probability of stuff coming out, kind of like minting, but people mint the packs and then you mint yourself. Um, the biggest oh, thing I've like seen wax packs. I get it now. I'd never yeah. put that together. Like I, we used to own baseball card shops when I was a kid and wax packs were like what we did. And like, I, yeah, wow. That you just like <laughs> today I learned, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, they have, they have pog and they have uh baseball cards on there already. Um, yeah, they got a lot of stuff on there. So the cool thing about wax is they have a ton of tools that they've built. Uh, so a bunch of the marketplaces, it started out with like one marketplace as a, you know, monopoly. And then they slowly built some more and they created these tools to use that collections can really take advantage of, of these tools and create utility around their tokens, like blending. You can blend together two tokens, pop out another one. You can create your own packs. You can mint you know, NFTs for basically nothing. It's pretty much free. Uh, and it really just allows people to come up with creative ideas and, and develop you know, whatever they want to develop. And I see Luna getting there. I see them you know, building these tools. Talus is the first step. I've been able to mint on Talus and it's been uh, a lot of fun just to, you know, throw up a, a JPEG and a, a little a CSV file and then you're able to mint your own stuff versus, you know, dealing with some of these other places, which are kind of tough. Yeah, they are tough and expensive. And that's if you oh, can yeah. get them to hit you back. I, I noticed some of them only hit you back if you have a certain amount of followers or, or whatever they're, they're kind of, and I, I get it. They're first, they can be picky with who they work with. It just sucks for the rest of the community. That's like, Hey, we want to mint some shit too. Like, don't be so gatekeepy. Like, come on. But I, I get yeah. it. It's, it's yeah. It's Rand, super random early. earth was tough for me to get through. So I wasn't able to really contact them. And then my nowhere experience, I'm sure is similar to a lot of other people's, which was, uh, yeah, expensive. <laughs> yeah. Give us a hundred Luna and then you can mint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually more than that. I, so I started, <laughs> oh, you know, shit. kind of checking in with them and, and just seeing, should I, you know, what what program should I use? What do you guys take? Kind of figuring it all out. And they really walked me through uh, how to mint the collection. It was really easy, you know, figuring it out. They were tough to get a hold of because they're on the side of the world from me. So, you know, it was kind of like 24 hours to hear back from them, uh, which is a slow conversation. And then I got really close to being to like a mint date. And they're like, oh, by the way, we need a 20% down payment and that's 20% of your 100% of potential profit Damn. which was like 140 luna so i was yeah. like okay i was like that's not happening so i said i i can't do that so let's reduce the price then if that's how you charge like if that's your fee structure and it really you know it kind of shocked me because i was in the wax network before this so i was like it was free to make my last collection and then all of a sudden it's you know very very expensive yeah like uh, five racks oh my god the, yeah, and you're so not the I, first one that we've we've heard that from. And and in my own experience, trying to launch a, a project for a friend of mine, like it, it's been very very expensive. And I don't know if that's just them like setting a bar at a certain spot so that you know if you really want it, then cool. If not, whatever. We've got a backlog of artists that we're trying to get through, sort of thing. I you never know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And they they always use the same word, and I don't know what it means, but they always say engineering fees. Um, and I don't know like how, how engineering fees can cost that much, you know, cause I always, I work in design and, you know, when we have someone give us a bid on like painting a house, we break it down. It's like, all right, so your bid is actually $500 an hour. So are you telling me like, you know, that's how much, uh, the going rate is for a painter? It's like, yeah, I don't think so. We got Rimran over here painting the damn Sistine Chapel or whatever, yeah, Michelangelo. Right. <laughs> so is there like one engineer and are we paying him, you know, $4,000 an hour to put up a collection? <laughs> That's, I always thought too, like you guys have it made, like it's just copy pasta, right? Like change a few variables and voila, here's your mint contract. But I mean, yeah, maybe they're typing the whole thing up by hand again. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something weird about it. But so I, I ended up uh, kind of having a little issue with my mint date. And I know it's really important to get your mint date down so you can you know, really build up to it and kind of uh, 
you know, just build the hype and people launch and mint at the same time. And it just kind of like, it's very important for a new project. And at some point there was some miscommunication and, and they posted my date. Like I woke up in the morning and I saw like someone posted one of my gems on Twitter and it was really high quality. And I was like, how did they get that? Like, I don't think I, you know, put that anywhere. Uh, and so I looked, it was like 6am and I was like, oh crap, my mint is open. Damn. Um, so I messaged him instantly. I was like, please, you know, like take it down or whatever. What, what did you guys do? And uh, so they ended up stopping the mint. I, I personally refunded everyone who did and lowered the price. But then I lowered the price to, you know, 0.25 Luna just to make it a little more accessible. And, you know, just when the hype dies down, you got to do something. Um, and at the end of the mint, I kind of went back to nowhere. I was like, I need you guys to kind of look at the, the fee structure because you charged me. 20% of a much higher price. So now I have like zero profit. I'm in the negative. Uh, and it took up some back and forth. And initially they said, yeah, you know, we're going to give you your, your feedback and don't worry about it. But I guess they thought it was going to be the percentage. So they ended up charging me 10% deposit and 10% on all sales. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll refund you. But they were thinking they were going to refund the 10% on the sales at the lower price. No, and so I sent them some math and I was like, just so you know, you charged me like 40% basically to do this collection, uh, which I, I thought was unreasonable. I said, so, you know, here's the numbers that I would need to see to get back. And, and it was really kind of touch and go because I wasn't sure. They, they seemed shocked by the number once they saw like, oh, you know, the uh, same, same shock that I got when I saw what they charged. I think right. they got when I said this is the amount that, you know, should have been charged to me. Uh, and eventually they did, they did come through, but you know, it's always tricky because you, they don't have any really good reason or contract to refund me, but they did make it right in the end. It's still a high, a high fee, but they did adjust the price down uh, and send that Luna back. That's good. And that, that sucks too. Cause like a, a project's whole marketing is built around that launch date. I feel like, like that's the date that you're retweeting and posting and like hyping about like this is the day so like if you don't have that as a project like there goes probably what like 90 percent of your marketing hype like just out the oh, yeah. door like that's yeah, yeah when, that's terrible when someone checks it out and sees it's not done you know there's only like a couple minted they suddenly think like oh well should i not mint this you know they second guess themselves um so yeah it was a little tricky um but it all it all worked out in the end it was it was a good launch <laughs> but so I don't know about Nowhere. Um, they did make it good in the end, but they're still a tricky team. And I don't know why they don't check the collections that are on their system. Because, you know, like like you were saying, you post, you put tweets out, you know, paid a few promoters and really just got the word out. And anyone in the Nowhere team could have seen on my Twitter, like the launch date over and over and over again. So I don't know why they don't have someone or, you know, anyone kind of looking and, and just confirming. It'd be very easy for them to confirm a launch date. Yeah, I, I would love to get them on like for for a chat, but they're they seem pretty inaccessible, especially after all of this stuff kind of has gone down in the posts that other people were were making on Twitter about the high fee structure and this and that. Like, I, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure. We're definitely looking forward to Talus getting all of the bugs worked out and their new UI coming out. Uh, we got a little sneak peek of that a while back uh, when they were taking kind of. Uh, doing a little testing like here we're showing this to a group of people tell us what you like about it, what you don't like about it, that kind of thing um and it looked great like i'm super excited for that and just the way the team acts towards the smaller artists and stuff that definitely like has me interested in wanting to work with them more um it's just yeah it's early times it's tough getting all of that code like working right while you're trying to do launches and stuff. I, I think they kind of set themselves up for a little bit of failure there, trying to rush uh, bigger project mints when uh, before they were really ready. And I, I'm sure that goes both ways. The projects are like, yo, we need to launch this before all the hype dies down. And they're like, yeah, we need to launch it, but we're not really ready, but we can launch it and fix stuff on the fly. It's like, ah, oh, that kind of works, but not really. And I, I think, like you said, though, in the end, they will get there. Um, it's the vision and the team that we're really invested in, not so much like any particular mint right now. So I think as long as people stay with that vision and, and Remy like keeps grinding, I, I think they'll do it. Like they, they've got it. They're so close <laughs> to like being yeah. there. No, they're super close. Yeah, they're super fun. And, you know, I, I messaged them and they they're like right back on it. You know, I've got a problem They're They're like, oh, yeah, we fixed it. Um, 
it's just it's kind of like a little bit of magic there so i think they're they're on their way for sure and i, I like the system um and i'm, I'm gonna be keeping an eye on them for sure yeah so what what made you uh go with like gems and and animated gems like that are you a geologist by trade or what what's the fascination there I do love geology. I've always been a fan of geology. Um, definitely uh, like different crystals and gems. And I got some real ones in my house, of course. Nice. Uh, I live in a desert and it kind of uh, I kind of grew up all around mountains and desert landscapes and sand and dirt. And so the rocks kind of kind of speak to me. Um, so actually, I, many years ago, I started working for a design firm using a 3D modeling software to kind of create houses and really work on architecture and uh, very like hard geometrical items. Uh, and so I, I learned that for like 10 years, kind of taught myself how to use it, got pretty good at it. Uh, and just recently this year, I started working on ZBrush, which is more of like a sculpting program, uh, more artistic, and you really kind of move things around. So uh, just kind of playing around with that and, and figuring out some some fun ideas. So basically, I kind of have like an endless slew of ideas to, to do fun uh, 3D models and, and things. But I thought, you know, gems are kind of fun. They're kind of shiny. Uh, good, good collectibles. Uh, I want to see something pretty in my wallet when I look at my NFTs. Uh, I have a hard time keeping them when they don't look so great. <laughs> I kind of uh, known to burn a few, and they're not worth much, and they don't look great. But uh, yeah, so the you know I was thinking the Wax Network is kind of more utility based, and you know Ethereum's a little bit more art based, and Luna kind of feels like that happy medium. And I. I really looking forward to seeing what Luna does in the future. Uh, and so kind of I want to create something beautiful. And then, you know, like I said, with Wax, they have all these utilities and tools to use. Uh, I'd love to use some more of those, some, you know, whitelist generations and blending techniques would be awesome. Because um, I'd like to be able to, to produce a few uh, small pieces of work. So a few pieces of art uh, like the gems uh, and kind of create a whole Terra Gems universe is what the Talos collection is called uh, to kind of expand uh, the range of stuff. Because I, I have the the next collection that's coming is going to be a series of snakes, and I've already worked on like half the the model. It's a a full three D model hand drawn snake, and I I did every scale by hand, and it's taken like forever because I've it's like a thousand scales on it. Uh, but I'll, I'll paint those and really I'm going to work very hard on those to make them really unique. And there'll probably only be like fifty of them, uh, and I'd love to tie them into the Terra gems and kind of create a. a whitelisting system and, and kind of give priority to people to, to auction those. Uh, but I just, I don't know if that that's out there yet for just the everyday collectors. Um, so for now, there'll probably be auctions on, on Talus. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for 500 Luna, I'm sure we could sort you out something. <laughs> oh, I know. I tried to get a whitelist from nowhere and they're like, well, that'll cost you. That's extra. <laughs> the, uh, the Supreme Terra gem that's on your Twitter here. That's pretty cool. <laughs> At first I thought it was a dystope AI, uh, collab. I've been seeing a bunch of them spitting out their Astroverse planets and then like the zoomed in version of what the AI spits out and like, that thing is pretty cool. I would love to see some gems run through that that AI distorter. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll definitely reach out to them because I, I got I do have a Astroverse planet, and they sent me uh, my my distorted version of the world. But yeah, the, the Supreme Gem actually one of the collectors who minted the most during my uh, my mint phase. He was in my last collection, the Hatch Dragons. And he minted a bunch there too. So. Uh, I saw there were 11 people who were the top mentors and I thought, well, I have 10 reward gems, but I'll just make one, you know, extra special for the top mentor. And I asked him, you go, you could do a custom one. You could do your own color, your own material, like whatever you want, you know, I'll make it happen. He's like, I don't know, whatever you want is good. So I said, okay, <laughs> make a supreme gem. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah, there to... were a, there were a number of mythic gems that I, I don't know how to tell uh, on the blockchain if they were minted, um, but it looks like only one of them was. And the there was a mint reward for anyone who minted a mythic, and that was a, a 3D printed on stainless steel, gold-plated gem, uh, a mythic version. And actually yesterday, the first guy contacted me and, and he claimed his prize and he's super excited and it's already in the mail headed over there. So, Oh, that is so cool. That makes me definitely yeah, wish I would have minted more than I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it came out pretty awesome. It's um, it, it's it's kind of like heavy. I didn't want to print on, print on plastic because that kind of, I don't know, doesn't feel that great. Uh, but the metal is pretty cool and it really comes out like a really solid little, little piece. Uh, so I had it, it actually came in the mail from Belgium and it arrived like two days ago. And I got to check it out for like 24 hours. And the guy's like, hey, just you wanted to see if I could still claim that gem. And I was like, I have it ready. Damn. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, I only I got a, a sapphire common and a rubellite common. And that was like when I first found it, I was just kind of mitting a little bit of everything just to kind of get a feel for the ecosystem and stuff. I started pretty early, at least in, in Luna. Like my my first NFTs were the Bag of Dicks collection. I don't know how I found yeah. that. I think Luna Luke, Kevin, was like, hey, you, you're a you're a funny guy. Like, come mint some dicks with us. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm in. And then yeah, found that community and then kind of uh, been branching out ever since and now we're we're doing all these shows and stuff for them but yeah there, there's a lot of like cool little stuff on there that i feel like just goes under the radar because either they're too small to get on any of like the real big shows and stuff and like we give them anybody a platform here but like we don't have a huge reach yet not like some of the the bigger more popular shows and then i also feel like between all of the the costs for the mint and everything like that that probably bites into your marketing budget quite a bit. I mean, when when you have to get money from somewhere in your budget, I assume that marketing is probably one of the first ones to like give up a little, you know, because it's not mission critical, even though it kind of is. It's it's something that can be, you know, trimmed down a little bit, I guess. Um, yeah, like you, you were saying kind of uh, how you got into Luna. It's funny because I was listening to a couple of your podcasts and uh, I entered Luna the same way a couple of your guests uh, before have, which is through the Altcoin Collective. Uh, or part of the, the little group that kind of goes over, has a couple analysts and talk about, you know, some of the cryptocurrencies that are coming out and which ones to buy and sell and stuff. And so one of the creators of uh, Terra Skulls, um, uh, one of the, not Terra Bulls, it's, I, I get them mixed up, but the the ones with the Nowhere Art uh, Bulls, uh, they're all from the same server. So we kind of popped over here at the same time. Uh, I think it was, uh, the first mint was Planet of Lunapes. Uh, I saw, I saw, we saw that one happening. Someone posted about it and we all kind of popped over all at the same time and, and just love the art. It's really cool, really unique stuff. And I minted a couple of those and started from there. Yeah. Those ones, I do remember that one when it launched. I think that was the first one that I actually caught at launch, uh, that was actually doing a, a mint like that. Uh, like the, the, the dicks were just on nowhere. Like you weren't really minting them. You were just kind of buying them. Um, but the, the loon apes, that was the, the first one or the planet of the loon apes. I guess there's two, two apes on, on there, isn't there? Um, <laughs> I think the one I'm talking about is the planet of the loon apes, but yeah, they had really cool art and stuff. And, uh, watching what their community was doing and trying to keep that hype going through and then figuring out like, okay, as a group, what do we do with the rest of them, this and that. And then they were the first one I saw that did an interesting giveaway where if you bought one off the secondary market, you were entered to win a thousand USTs or something. And they were giving a thousand away every day for a week. I was like, huh, that's an interesting way to do this. Uh, I like it. Yeah, no, that's an awesome way to do a kind of a little secondary push just to start. Yeah, it's interesting because the the markets that get more mature, they you kind of get a feel, kind of an intuitive feel for how the collections go and how the price changes. And like I've been in the wax now for long enough that I've seen, you know, like whenever there's a, a mint, uh, someone buys them and then immediately people buy them for a higher price and then it dips down. And if it's a good project, it skyrockets back up and you can like watch this, you know, uh, you can you can bet on it uh, watching the price changes. Yeah, it's interesting how that stuff unfolds in real time like that. And it all depends, it seems like, on who buys them. Like, if somebody that's hype and has, like, dope collections and shit and people follow, like, buys them, you watch that floor price instantly start rising. Uh, same with the Loon Apes giveaway. As soon as they announce that, all those cheap secondary apes were gone because <laughs> people are like, oh, I want to win a 1,000 USTs. Like, all right. And they're just buying the cheapest ones, obviously. But that's... I assume what they had in mind when they did that, because it instantly raised the floor right up. So it was definitely yeah, I think, an interesting move. I think the first impulse for people is to, you know, sometimes they'll mint something and then they'll want to mint more. So they'll just try to get their mint price back so they can continue minting. And as soon as something else comes along, some other utility, uh, like they did with their giveaway, like people are suddenly, you know, they're happy to snatch them way above, way above minting price. I've also seen it go the other way where people are just trying to dump them real quick under mint price. So it, it kind of, it, it depends, I suppose. Yeah. The wax network is actually a kind of a, it's known as a flippers market, uh, from long ago. And it's just, people have bots set up an API and they're all, you know, gearing to, to get them as fast as possible. And, uh, yeah, it's just a 
huge market for reselling. And so sometimes they, the resellers will just take their loss and they'll sell it way below mint price. So it's, it's very, it's always been very interesting to see which products go, and which don't. The first one I got into was called our planet, uh, on wax a long time ago. And they, they did the first thing where they staked NFTs and you could put your NFTs in the system and they'd spit you back a little, uh, a coin called ether. And then you could sell this for, you know, just regular dollars. Um, and so they were huge. I mean, people were making like $15,000 a month on this, uh, for a while. And it just got like the biggest hype. Um, but kind of like nowhere's having some bad press right now. They just over time kept uh, not delivering and they called their community douchebags one time. And they, uh, they had just had really poor communication and they always said, Oh, now's the time to buy. You're missing out. Uh, and stuff just kept going down and down and they have a game that's still not out. And it's kind of, um, you know, they over promise and under deliver, which I prefer to kind of under promise and, and over deliver if I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't, never promise, you know, a game if I can't develop it. Yeah. The, it's, you see that a lot and I get why they do it. Like everyone just kind of parrots what everyone else says. And it, it first was like, oh yeah, cool NFTs. And then they're like, well, we're bored of this. Now we need the NFTs to do something. And then somebody came along and was like, oh, we'll just make a game. And then everyone was like, yeah, we'll make a game. We'll make a game. Oh, a game, a game. Yeah. And then like, nobody actually takes the time at, at, at first to think about like, what that entails like unless you're an actual game developer like you can't just make a game you know like it's it's a lot of work involved especially if you have a small team uh, I really vibed with the guys from Nipterra because one of those dudes was a game developer first and that I hadn't really seen yet in in this ecosystem usually it's a afterthought that we have these projects and now we want a game so all right we'll go find a game dev or we'll figure out how to do it ourselves but this guy's like his job was a game dev so coming in from that that perspective and being able to develop the game first and then figure out like all right what do we do to tie it to the blockchain and then do our nfts and stuff and seems that yeah, they worked out think, really well because their game launched when they said it would and it worked when they said it would. Yeah, I think you've touched on this before, but it's kind of like you you invest based on the team that you find and you can really get a good sense uh, when they dox themselves or just kind of you know talk about you know their creds or where they come from, their game developers. Uh, there's uh, a couple examples that come to mind. Uh, one is the there's this group I followed that did a game called Seventh Seal. And it's a kind of like Catan-based game where you have these hexagons, you put together land, and the guys were just like, we're doing this in our spare time, don't expect anything, but we've developed games for like 35 years. And like there's some old guys and uh, they don't hide behind that they, they've been in it a long time. They're software developers and uh, they already had a game that they created and played with friends and just it really kind of gave it some, some cred to say like these guys know what they're doing and, and going forward. Uh, the other example that comes to mind is Levana, which I left their latest press release where they're like, "This, these are worthless. Like, don't don't buy them for any reason whatsoever." But they're interviewing game companies and, and really trying to do it right. And I feel like too, out of any of the launches we've seen, like Levana, I think still holds the record for the most mints. Like they they killed it in that meteor shower. The way they set that up. <laughs> Like that was the most addictive mint I've ever been a part of. It was so crazy. I found myself like checking my phone to see if the next shower had started yet or not, just to like get my one common in. Cause I was just trying to get a common for each one. And then uh, if the floor was low enough, okay, I, I put in a little bit more to, to get a rare and everything, but Holy Christ, man, that thing was like, you couldn't stop. Like everybody was just hitting them and they, they, minted over like 40,000 or 45,000 yes. or something. Yeah, 44,000 I think was the final number. It's crazy. And then just everybody being like, "All right, when are we getting our dragons and stuff?" It's like, "Damn, you guys just minted these. Like this is going to be a shit show." <laughs> yeah, it's funny how people people expect it, you know, kind of instantly. And that's what I was saying with having been in this for a long time. Like I've developed such patience where I'm like Okay, so I've got a got a bunch of meteors. Now I'm just going to go do something else, and I'll come back in a couple of weeks and see what happens. Um, but the egg launch was great too. I mean, I didn't. I had like 33 meteors and got like four eggs, but it was still super fun. Uh, and I got a ton of dust now. 
Nice. Yeah, I st- I started cracking the. I think I got like fourteen of them, and I just started cracking my commons, and then I cracked. I got two rares, so I cracked one. It was dust. I was like, cool. I kept one rare as a meteor, and then I was just cracking my commons until I got an egg, and then I stopped. So I think I have like four meteors left total, and then I got my egg, and then the rest is just dust. But I I love their interface. That worked really well. Like. They're designing it really good. And if they take some of that money that they made off of that mint and actually hire some legit game devs, like this could be a really cool game. And I'm not even a big gamer, but like I love dragons and I like how the meteor stuff and space all kind of ties in. Like I, I think there's a lot of potential there if, if they do it right. Yeah, I think they posted a while back that they were, you know, they interviewed like 20 game companies or something and they picked the one they're going to go with. And uh, it just makes it feel like they're a real, real corporation that's that's moving forward. I think I checked their Luna wallet address right after the mint, and they made like four million. So they've, yeah. they've got some budget to play with. Yeah, they're over here trying to buy EA or some shit. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I noticed when I started getting involved in some of the other blockchain games is a lot of them are just kind of click based, where you you know twenty four hours click here get something. Uh, and if you start adding those up and you get into like four games, suddenly you don't have enough time in the day to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets pretty overwhelming. So you really have to kind of pick the ones that you're going to stick to. And, and Levon is definitely the one on Luna, I think, that I would check out above all the others kind of right now. Yeah. And I think a lot of those two are they're less games and more just like click to farm, I guess, kind of things like some of them, I guess, have a little fun gamey side to them. But a lot of it, you're just going in there, clicking the thing, collecting your shit, and then you're moving on with your day. Like there's not really a whole lot to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. The the biggest one I've seen so far, which is kind of a multi-chain behemoth, is called Splinterlands. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. It's a, a card game, and it's it's based on the Hive network, uh, but it connects to a bunch of other blockchains. You can connect to Binance, you can connect to Wax, you can connect to all these places and kind of uh, connect in. And it's a it's a full working card game, and they've been crazy successful, and they're like one of the top-rated new blockchain companies of the year. Um, and they're, they're really cool, but it's I've played it a bunch, and it's really fun. It's actually a, a good card game and great interface. It works well. Um, so that's definitely something to for other companies to check out and see how they did it and, and moving forward. I keep waiting for somebody to collab with the oatmeal and bring Exploding Kittens to the blockchain. I, I love that game. I don't know if you're familiar with the oatmeal, the comic uh, artist. Yeah. But they, they did that... Uh, that Kickstarter for Exploding Kittens quite a while ago, and they broke, like, all the Kickstarter records at that time. Like, they completely killed it with that release, and it's such a fun game. Like, I, I'm surprised no one's cloned it or done something similar, or even just reach out to Matthew Einman and be like, hey, like, you're a dope artist. Come do some NFT shit on, on the blockchain. Yeah, have you seen a Fear NFT? The Fear token? Uh, No. <laughs> it's another one they've got they have similar kind of artwork but they have these games like whack the dead game uh and it's kind of a flash based game that they it's play to earn but they've got a bunch of different collections on there they're on the uh matic network and they have a they worked with the creators of the uh what's it called game of thrones dragon modelers oh wow and they're creating like a whole they posted a teaser about it a long time ago a cool video and they're working to create a collection uh, of dragons on there it's probably gonna be pretty awesome if they work with those guys nice i think the last one i really got into was on bsc i know i'm gonna get trolled for for playing games on bsc but that's where i started um but it was called crusaders of crypto and it was a fun little roguelike dungeon game uh and then the devs started developing a little nft marketplace and then he made in-game money basically called rupee you could use the rupee to get different things in the game uh and then he did like this whole pvp kind of mode to where you could go play somebody else's dungeon that they made and then that's where the nfts really came into play and he's just like kept expanding that they do like tower stuff now and he's he's like built this whole thing pretty much by himself just him and his community but him being the the main dev uh and that that game was really super fun but anything after that i just kind of lost interest and then just like got into all this Terra stuff and yeah, now it's now it's just been my game is audio editing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a better experience than I had. I did uh, Crypto Blades and D Ball on the 
Binance chain, and they're just like they're basically pyramid schemes. Ah, Ponzi nomics. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, for sure. So they they build up and they get like this super hype, and people start making money on it, and then they tell everyone else like, "You got to get in this. Look, I made three hundred bucks just you know uh, in an hour playing this game." And then over time, everyone who started in the beginning, they get to pull all the all the money out of the new guys. Yeah. Until the token just can't sustain it and crashes. So I got in both those at the wrong time and and gave some other people some money. So musical chairs. <laughs> oh man, too many of those experiences to go around for sure. Oh so yeah, there's so many the, rugs. There's... What's the the next? You got an another NFT project that involves the gems that you're gonna do, or what? What's what's kind of next on your on your plate? Yeah, so I'm working on a couple different uh, ideas for uh, kind of 3D modeling and art collections. I really like the way Tara Golems did it. Uh, you know, kind of picked apart each piece and really put together a nice little collection. And that's kind of more along the lines of what I'm going to do next, which is basically going to create a bunch of new stuff and uh, kind of uh, brainstorm. I've got so many different ideas and stuff to model. It's all about the just having the time to do it. Um, but I'll create some fun stuff and have some really kind of tie it all into the Terra Gems universe. So, you know, like the snakes that I have, uh, those are going to be connected, uh, you know, gems all over them, kind of crystal creation. So kind of just like a whole planet based of creatures and plants and rocks and uh, maybe some floating islands and stuff. And I just kind of create whatever my, my brain can come up with and, and release those out. Did you get a planet on uh, intergalactic planetary? Just when you said uh that that kind of made me think of that like they you just buy a blank planet and then you they have a designer sandbox you can like build on your planet and kind of like make it look uh, however you want it yeah i haven't got one yet but i did play around with the designer and it's pretty fun yeah um but yeah definitely i love those planetary objects those are super fun to make too um yeah it kind of I have the capacity to to design pretty much anything and i just want to make some stuff that's kind of fun and more more artwork based. Uh, my last collection was a bunch of dragons and created a bunch of eggs too, kind of like the Levana eggs. Uh, and then that kind of it's a merging game where you merge all the creations together, and each you know two dragons create something else. And uh, like recently, I created a bunch of uh, kind of ice crystal snowflakes. And when you took one of those and a dragon NFT, you blend them together, and it pops out a a new unique. So kind of constantly puts you know deflationary pressure to uh, delete those nfts over time burn them out of the of the space and create you know a whole basically like a tree of of different creations that uh, cascade away from the original that's pretty cool where are you doing that on wax or on terra or is that just something you're thinking about working on yeah that's on wax so that's been okay. around for a while i created it back in july oh okay uh, and i started with like i said i used to work on uh, kind of architecture 3d so i created some dragons real quick that were geometry based and kind of had a universe where uh, basically i made it up so that they were uh, kind of cursed and you know, a virus that connected to these dragons and you know morphed all their flesh into hard polygons and so i made like a really polygonal type of dragon oh, that's cool uh and in the lore it kind of they were able to find a cure for it and you take these dragons blend them with some coins and uh, pops out a, a fresh hatchling that is cured of it uh, the other mechanic I had is treasure. So I have these treasure hordes. And if you hold one of these, you get airdropped a dragon coin. And these coins, you need to to blend other stuff in the future, kind of like almost a, a currency. But they're it's all NFT based. Uh, and th it's through all the, the tools and stuff on the Wax Network. Like I was saying, I'm sure that they're coming for Luna. But just the ability to, to blend and to uh, create drops and drop schedules and your own drop times, you know, you can... I could schedule a, a super blend with an NFT from someone else's collection and they could burn those two and create something new. Like there's just kind of no end to the creativity you can do just as a, a creator without any blockchain skills. And once Luna gets a little closer to that, I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun in the space. Are those all just like, is that just different smart contracts that allow that kind of uh, blending to happen? Or how, how, how does that work on like the back end? Yeah, so when it started, it was all people who who did the actual coding. So you have to create your own API and and kind of you know you could blend them together and burn them. And, and it started with the marketplaces adding those tools. Okay. Uh, and piece by piece, they added one tool after another until it's become like a really robust system. So now on my end, all I do is you know I go to the Nefty blocks, I 
grab the the tool creator section. You go to create new blend. You collect the templates that you want from the Wax Network. Uh, so, you know, create two templates. What do you want the product to be? When do you want it to go off? How many times do you want it to happen? Uh, and then you just uh, hit the trigger and it, it pops up as an option in your project page. So it really is just a, a super easy uh, user experience. At least now it is. <laughs> Didn't start that way. Actually, like typing out the code by hand when it started, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. And then they had a bunch of you know glitches in the matrix when you started and easy to screw it up or someone, you know, like you said, they promised, yeah, we're going to have blending available on our website this time. And then, you know, that just kind of doesn't work out. Something screws up and then they got to push it back. And yeah, it's, it was, it was a whole big mess. And like I said, you, you build a lot of patience waiting for projects to, to come up with these uh, systems and tools and deadlines. But uh, yeah, we're so early in Luna. It's kind of, I, I can see it's all the kind of these baby steps. It feels like all these uh, marketplaces are, are the toddlers of the marketplace world of what will be. And when these guys grow up, it's going to be pretty intense when our dragons hatch on Luna, basically. Right. Yeah, it still blows me away that like it's 2021 and there's still people that like right now is their first experience in, in the blockchain and stuff. And like some of us got in at the beginning of the year. Some of us got in at the beginning of last shitcoin season, like 2017, 2018. It's it's funny that like the 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 seniors i guess or the elders that have been in it and lost their shit in in the first shitcoin season are kind of like teaching the the new cats that are coming in this time around and and now everybody seems to be kind of learning all over again with the different nfts and stuff and it the the patience is definitely something that you you can't really teach to someone like they almost have to get burned a couple times on their own to really like realize that like oh yeah i should should have just held this shit instead of sold it at the bottom or, or whatever the case may be yeah or witnessing some bad burns or you know that, that's one of the other things that was kind of weird about the the wax space kind of growing up was uh, it, there were a lot of scammers. I mean, there was it was everywhere. So there was a whole whole time in the in the marketplace and the whole blockchain where you could create a link to an NFT and just drop it anywhere, and someone could just grab that link and get a free NFT. So it was kind of a fun way the community brought people together, and they expanded their their own base and gave away free stuff. And then some people got a hold of a really similar link architecture. It was like instead of Atomic Hub, it was Atomic Hub One or something like that. And it looked exactly the same, had the same little shot. But when you connected your wallet to it, they siphoned everything off. Oh, man, uh, we so had they, one like that in BSC. The The DX sale app was where everyone was doing pre-sales. And somebody made one that was DX Ale without the S. And same thing. You connected your wallet to it and boom, all your shit was gone. <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's some horror stories. But And the problem with this, the Wax one was that they they dropped them in Discord all the time. And so what you had to do is you had to click as fast as humanly possible, click that link, get it going. You know, you, you barely check it. So they caught a time when everyone was like rushing to click yeah. these links. And then and then they, you know, the, the blockchain, they also did this thing where they added a ability to wax back uh, NFT tokens. You add a dollar amount to them and then you can burn those tokens for the for that wax amount. And what the marketplace is kind of screwed up on is when you do that, it creates a number in the on the actual NFT face and you couldn't it like really marred the face of it. Oh, wow. And then they added the ability to do that to, to a token, not in your own wallet. Like as, Oh, you could give money to someone <laughs> oh, else. No. <laughs> and so people started using this as like a troll tool. And so they get mad at someone else for getting number one mint and they'd mint like 0. 0.01 wax on their token and like block Damn. the whole front. And it was, just, <laughs> yeah, it got, it got a little messy. <laughs> That's awesome. I keep trying to talk the intergalactic planetary guys into making an asteroid patch so that you can pay like a certain amount and get an asteroid to just slam through somebody else's planet. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. So so yeah, much no, they, potential the, in the The universe. planet stuff is is huge on Luna. Like they all the collections that have done that have done really well. It's like the meteors in Levana, the intergalactic planetary, yeah, Astroverse, Astroverse obviously. Yeah. And then, of course, the space loots and and their metaverse stuff. I really like how they went from just the tech space thing to being able to mint your ships and everything. It seems like they've got a pretty cool roadmap of where that's going to go. 
Yeah, so many good roadmaps. And, you know, I really want to keep up on some of these collections and, you know, on my site, make some more uh, kind of robust collection pages that have more information and kind of access. Uh, it's just all about time for me because I work full time too and, you know, manage collections and 3D models. So I'm busy, you know, it's like three jobs right yeah. now, essentially. Uh, but the more time I have, the more I can kind of update and, and work on the whole Terra Gems collection and the system. And like I said, having a place for these roadmaps to live and a kind of a central place for people to go and get their information. Or, you know, if they forgot the links to somewhere, they can just pop on Terra Gems and, and find all the all the links they need there. Yeah, it's super handy, especially on a an ecosystem that's so spread out like this. Like you, it's really hard to keep up with everything unless you're following like a select group of people that are keeping up on it for you. It's really just a group effort at this point. Yeah, the only other place that kind of has it right now is Random Earth. When when they do their like mint calendar, that's a great place to see what's coming up. Uh, but like nowhere doesn't do a very good job of that. And that's one of my gripes with them was, you know, they charge thousands and thousands of dollars, but then they don't, you know, they don't even give you a little promotion spot on their website. Like they gave me mine three hours before I popped up on their feed. So, uh, you know, they're really, the whole system could use a better, you know, coordination, communication kind of operations deal to get, get things to where people can see where it is and, and what's out there. Yeah, and I'm sure that stuff will come, definitely. I mean, I know Luart is currently working on a lot of that stuff. Um, they're going to be pretty huge, it sounds like, once they launch. Um, yeah, it's it's just a matter of like getting these markets that are still hungry enough to want to make those good changes. You know, it almost seems like the the existing couple that really like made their bank and now they're just kind of skating by. And I mean, they're doing little updates here and there and, and the shit works well, but it they could be doing more for the projects that are kind of paying them, you know? Yeah, there's like, there's got to be a happy medium, you know, where uh, you have Talus who will allow you know pretty much any artist or creator to get on there and produce. And then there's other places that are much more restrictive, like Random Earth, where they want to see, you know, 10,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, there's got to be a happy medium for sure, because uh, otherwise you get some bad actors in the free market and then you restrict it to only big companies and the other ones. So there's some happy place where we can, uh, you know, still get collections verified and and restricted a little bit so it's not just anyone who wants to pretend i mean there was a collection called green rabbit and i guess the guy who created it got doxxed and he was known for stealing from some grandma like he took her house or something like uh, had this big scam where he took hundreds of thousands of dollars from this old lady and everyone's like so that was the creator that we've all been investing in Damn. and then he went to prisoners it was i don't know it was a big big mess but and now you're uh, all complacent in it because you're in his <laughs> investors like <laughs> shit yeah definitely so yeah it's 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 really cool though I, I love all this stuff coming out and i i keep getting surprised with stuff popping up and it definitely takes a a lot of time to to catch all these new stuff all these new projects yeah definitely are you into any of the protocols like the DeFi side is there anything that you're like super into or that you're you're looking forward to coming out um i don't do a lot on the DeFi protocols um Obviously, I love Anchor. I stay stay up on that as much as I can. Nice. Um, but yeah, kind of focus in on the the artwork and the NFTs. And I think there's only so much space in, in my brain for <laughs> the whole Luna uh, ecosystem right now. So I'm really trying to focus on NFTs to be uh, aware of everything that's coming out there. Because I think if I go too far down a different route, uh, I just won't be able to keep track of it all. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I appreciate the, the anchor stability being there. Is it something I don't have to babysit and constantly worry about? Like, it's super nice. The best savings account I've ever had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anchor is awesome for sure. And I've, you know, I've been a bunch of coins that have gone up and down. There's that big crash earlier in the year mm -hmm. that was sad to watch. And it would have been nice to, to have more stuff in, in anchor back then. I would have felt a lot more secure seeing that just add up while everything else dropped. Yeah, it's it's so hard to time that shit. You you would have been full on an anchor, and then you would have missed a ton of gains. You know, <laughs> like it, it's it's either way. It seems. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, a lot of guys were pushing Luna at five bucks, and they were like, "You guys got to get in this." And 
I didn't, of course, but that's it's <laughs> most people. Yeah, I did, but nowhere near what I wanted to. I, I got in it right at the, like my first time was right at the beginning of that first climb. So it was at like 12 and then went up to 16, 20, and then it dumped. And then I was just like, all right, well, this seems like a pretty good ecosystem still, but I just, yeah, I, I, I should have got more. I, I know everybody always says that. I just should have, should have got more. I would have bought more and it would have went to two. So who knows? <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. It's always the opposite. I mean, yeah, I've, I've made so many like calls where the call is the exact wrong call. I'm like, if you guys just do the opposite of what I do, but I think most people say that. Yeah. But it feels pretty true. Inverse my calls and then inverse that. Yeah. I can make money just telling people what not to do. Hell Yeah. Well, thanks for, for having some time to come chat with us. It's been awesome. TerraGems.io, definitely check out. And uh, is the gems are still up on Nowhere uh, in the market? Like, are, are people buying and selling them? Or did yeah, they they're, t- they're definitely available. So nice. they're on Nowhere. Uh, there's 469 that were minted, and the rest are, I guess, lying dead forever because it would cost a fee to get them out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so there's just 469. I think there's one mythic, and, yeah, they're out there. That's awesome. Definitely check them out. We'll put links to all that stuff in the notes over on terraspaces.org. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up? No, thanks for having me. Just want to plug your own podcast. I'm glad you're here and, and kind of checking things out and look forward to seeing where you guys go. Hell yeah, I appreciate that. And we'll definitely get you back on again uh, before you do your next launch or, or Talos gets up or whatever, wherever you end up being. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thanks for checking out the show, everyone. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn, and we'll catch you next time. Peace out, y'all. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along, and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends. If I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent the actual yeah, artists say they're making they they're pennies, making pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw, shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happens When people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom Just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth Like a rabid dog Like a fake mate And call at the zoo It's looking like the view Is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through When I'm making my music